everyone and welcome back to season 2000 thank you for lending me your ears thank you for lending me your time it gives me great pleasure today to introduce to you a new segment on this podcast book reviews I'm going to switch off the music, no background music for this. We're just going to be having a little conversation. You know, I want to bring you into this book. I want to bring you into all these titles and themes and feelings that all these authors are taking me through. And I hope that if you are also interested in reading the book after listening to this podcast, that you will message me and you will tell me that you want the book or try and find it for yourself. So the book that I'm going to be reviewing today is titled The Secret Lives of Babasegi's Wives. This is a book that is um, written in Nigeria. Well, the setting, not written in, but the setting of it is Nigeria. The author is Lola Shoniyin. Oh, please forgive me for my... Um, butchering if that is not how you pronounce her surname but the author is Lola and I'm going to start off by just reading to you the little blurb that I found on Google since I don't have the hard copy I read it online not online I downloaded and soft copy so I it, that soft copy does not have a blurb so I had to go and look for it on Google but I'm going to start by reading that to you so you can kind of like get an idea of what it is about here it goes. The Secret Lives of Babasegi's Wives is a stirring tale of men and women, mothers and children, servitude and independence. The Secret Lives of Babasegi's Wives illuminates the common threads that connect to the experiences of all women, the hardships they bear, their struggle to define themselves, and their fierce desire to protect those they love. That is the blurb, ladies and <laughs> That is such a funny word, blurb. Anyway, let's move on from that. So the way I'm going to structure this is that I'm going to give you first the blurb that I just gave you. And then I'm going to give you a character analysis. And then I'm going to read one chapter for you that I've kind of identified that will give you a little bit of insight as to what's happening in the book, but not revealing too much because I don't want to be a spoiler. And then I'm going to just discuss a little bit about how the book made me feel um, as a whole, like in total. And then that will be it. So there are five, okay, five main characters. Um... And then the rest kind of come in and go out and come in and go out. But there are five main characters. 
The first being Ishwala, like I said before. Please, if I butcher the names, you can laugh, but please do not take it personally. I am trying my best to read it as best as I can. But let's get into it. The first character is Ishola Alawo, who is Baba Segi himself. He is married to four wives. The first wife is Ia Segi. Second wife is Ia Tope. Third wife is Ia Femi. And fourth wife is Bolanle. Now, notice how in front of Bolanle's name, there is no Ia. So Ia, from what I understood, basically means mother. So if we had to say Alex's mother, would say Ia Alex. That's what I understood from the book. I might be wrong. Please correct me. Ia Segi is the first wife and she has two children, a girl and a boy. Ia Segi is the wife that is basically the ruler of the house. Her voice is the voice that Baba Segi tends to listen to more. She's described as a person who is, she has what? The voice of reasoning. Like if all the other wives are chaotic and Baba Segi comes to Ia Segi, then he listens to her. She is the only wife who has, who is allowed to uh, be an entrepreneur. So she has a few businesses around the area. And she kind of like exhibits this old type of love where she idolizes her husband. She calls her my lord. She kneels and all that stuff. All right, moving on to the second wife, Iatope. Iatope has three kids. I think they're all children from what I gathered. I think they're all children. Wow. I think they're all female. Wow, they're all female. Of course, the children are children. They're all female. Um, she is sort of described as almost dumb, you know, she, she does, she has no backbone. She can't speak up for herself. She can't speak up for others, even when she knows that, you know, people are falsely accused or whatever. She just can't speak up for herself. She has a weak voice and she's always hiding in the shadows and all those things. Then we have Iafemi. Iafemi is feisty. Iafemi has two kids. She does not want people to touch her kids. She's very manipulative. She uses the word of God to like manipulate people, even though she doesn't really believe in it. Um, yeah, she, 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 she's, she is the wife that is just being replaced by this new wife called Balanle. Balanle is the new wife that is entering the marriage, entering the house right at the beginning of the book. And Balanle, unlike the other three ladies, she is educated that just that thing just being educated that is counting against her when they look at her they see she's educated they just hate her especially the first and the third wife the second wife is you know she's the dumb one she has no backbone she, she's more like okay whatever happens happens then babasegi babasegi is described as a vile man he is not attractive at all he's just rich that's all I can say. He has a disease that makes him literally poop and vomit wherever he goes. Like if something goes wrong, he just like vomits and he needs the toilet like immediately. He's just, he's basically described as very disgusting, but in a very visual way. Like what I can tell you about this book is that it is very visual. All descriptions will take you on a trip. Okay. It won't make you trip. It will take you on a trip. Yeah. Now the whole book is kind of centered around what Baba Segi wants 
and what this new wife, Bolanle, can't give him. The other three wives have already given him what he wants, but the reason why they gave him, or rather, the reason why they were able to give him what he wanted is a secret that they've kept from the fourth wife. And that is the whole situation that the book is centered around. And that is kind of where I'm going to stop with the character analysis so I don't give away too much. Um, yeah, you'll just have to see for yourself what it is that this fourth wife can't give. But before I end this off, let me just add that the, the fourth wife is educated. So she is not the type to accept traditional herbal medicines. She is the type to go to a hospital and seek Western medical advice. And basically, this is the downfall of the illiterate three wives. The fact that she's educated. But I'm going to end it there so I don't say, so it say too much. Okay, now to the chapter read. I've chosen to read chapter 22. Uh, on my laptop, it is on page 168. And it is titled Victor. So let's get into it. The wives sigh and stare into emptiness. Now, okay, before I even get into it, let's just say this. At this point, things are about to hit the fan, you know. It is tense. It is uncomfortable. You can cut the tension with a knife. Is that what they say? I think that's what they say. But okay, let's get into it. I'm serious now. The wives sigh and stare into emptiness. They act as if a fist of stone has been stuffed into their throats. So visual, guys. So visual. They don't swallow. They just sit and stay. They don't even seem to be bothered with me anymore, which is in itself confusing. So in this chapter, me is Bolanle, the fourth wife. Um, the whole book changes points of view as the chapters um, progress. So in this chapter, Balanle is a speaking voice. I liked it better when they were predictable. Now I can't tell who has left food outside my door. It used to be so easy. Iafemi always left the burned scum from the bottom of the pot and topped it with a small piece of meat that had been chewed off at the corners. While Iatobe left a mound of dazzling white rice with an extra cube of beef hidden underneath. To just give you a little bit more information on Iafemi, Iafemi is the third wife. She has, on top of being manipulative, she's mean-spirited. Iatope, the second wife, on top of being dumb, she is kind-hearted. She just can't speak up for herself. But let's continue. Now they're just two identical plates of food, one for me and one for Segi. I suppose it is Segi's illness. She has not put on any weight and blood trickles from her nose relentlessly. I would never say so, but her breath is foul, even when it is exhaled from her nostrils. It's a stubborn, unpleasant smell. It hangs in my room at night and I can hardly breathe. It bitters the back of the throat and clings to the beddings as if the corpse of a small beast is buried there. It's as if Segi is rotting from the inside. Guys, from the inside out. Guys, like, do you hear that description? 
Do you hear it? And clings to the beddings as if the corpse of a small beast is buried there. God, who describes things like this? So amazing. Let's move on. She has hidden a small mirror from under her pillow and she weeps every time she looks at it. A few days ago, she asked me to swear on my life that I wouldn't tell Babasegi about it. Perhaps a few weeks ago, I would have obliged her. But now I can't bring myself to swear on my life. Not for her, not now, not for anyone. I just said I swear and that was all there was to it. When she's asleep, I can't help but look at her. I feel like I know what troubles her. The illness has ravaged her and left her bare. Okay, before I continue, I need to tell you that her illness is something that wasn't supposed to happen. That's all you need to know at this point. When you read the book, you'll find out. Let's continue. She has lost control of her body, yet she wouldn't know what to do if she regained it. She knows the illness will do with her as it pleases, sees only when it decides to. It's strange, but Segi makes me feel strong. When I'm in her presence, I feel a sturdiness within me. Her fear makes me feel like there's nothing more to be afraid of. She said an odd thing yesterday. She said, Auntie, you're a victor. I thought she was hallucinating. Victor? I asked. But she had drifted into one of her three-minute naps. She wakes from them a little agitated, asking questions like, where are my wings? I left the Victor matter alone and did not return to it. Victor. Nobody has ever called me a Victor before. Even as a name, it's forceful, packed with hard, uncompromising consonants. Guys, when last did I see the word consonants? I think in matric, in grade 12, my last year of high school. That's when I last saw the word consonants. And I do not remember what consonants are. I would Google it right now, but I'm afraid that my typing skills will scare you. So, I don't know. You Google it. I'll Google it after. But let me continue. Almost done. It's impossible to say it without snarling and baring your teeth. I like that she'd said it, even if it was born of some abstract notion. She says the oddest things to her father, too. Sometimes she talks, but no sound comes out of her mouth. Then when he tires and heads for the door, her voice returns. Won't you hear what I have to say, father? She asks. Babasegi returns to her side and the wordless chatter begins again. The doctors say it is to be expected. He mutters, his voice heavy with gloom. And that is it for the chapter. Next up is how the book made me feel. So during this lockdown, I've read about five or six books and three of them, including this one. As I was reading them, I just felt arrested, you know, like someone had arrested my attention, my, yo, my attention and put me in a situation that was very uncomfortable. Like the scenes were revealing themselves slowly, but surely, but not giving you like too much, but also giving you enough just to stay in the thick of the plot. And Miss Lola did such a good job, a great job, in fact, of keeping the reader in suspense, of keeping the reader in like this lock of I want to know more, I want to know more. I obviously couldn't read this book in one day because it was just too long. It was 200 pages as opposed to some that I read that were about 100 pages. But she just has this great way of keeping you in suspense. 
the book also starts in the present and also goes back and brings you into each of the three wives's um previous lives before they were married what's very interesting to know about Iasegi is that before she got married she actually had a love interest in a woman that is one of the spoilers that i'm going to give you um i'm not going to describe it any further i'm just going to drop it there and mention it so that you know about it most of these women come from broke either broken households or traumatic pasts like they have traumatic pasts that just led them to almost like being dead inside and just you know commanding themselves to be in this marriage the marriage is not necessarily loveless but it is also not necessarily affectionate you know babasegi is not described as somebody who pays attention to his wives as bodies you know he he he, he just he's this person who is dominant he wants things to be done when he wants them to be done to me he almost like they make him sound very authoritative but he's also kind of like dumb in a way but he's rich so that's fine he can provide for his family he can provide for his for his kids mhm his kids i'm not going to say anything more after that i'm just going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes actually um that will kind of wrap it up kind of give you an idea as to what the secret is as to what exactly the struggle is um the center of the book and then i'm going to sign off so here is that um quote this quote i'm not sure what chapter it is in but it is on page 189 and this is babasegi speaking to his oldest son not his oldest child but his oldest son um akin akin is yasegi's um child the second born of the family here's what babasegi says before you go child i have some words for you babasegi abruptly said his eyes are naturally eager keep these words in your left hand lest you wash them away after eating with your right When the time comes for you to marry, take one wife and one wife alone. And when she causes you pain as all women do, remember it is better that your pain comes from one source alone. Listen to your wife's words. Listen to the words she doesn't speak so that you will be well prepared. A man must always be well prepared. And that is the end of the review. From my side, my name is Ndombi. Thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. Thank you so much for lending me your time. That was the very first book review that I've done in my whole life. Well, on a podcast that is. And I hope that you stay safe, stay blessed and stay educated. I hope that you enjoyed this series. And until next time. Bye.